Last time we learned Yoshua, we we read through the Hashem's first charge to Yoshua. The, the opening opening section of Sefer Yoshua is a prophecy, a, a, a communication Yeshua has with Hashem, where he tells him that he's Moshe's successor and that he's going to lead the Jews into Eretz Canaan. We read that he tells him Chazak ve'amat three times. He tells him Chazak ve'amat because you're going to be you're going to give them the, the inheritance of Eretz Canaan. He tells him that Chazak ve'amat to do the Torah. And then there was a third Chazak ve'amat Chazak ve'amat al tarot al techas. And we, we brought the approach of Rashi, that Rashi, it, it really fits you know, very, very straightforwardly into the Tzukim, that these three Chazak Ve'amatzes were three different aspects of strength, of leadership, of, uh, that Yeshua would have, to, would have to display, would have to possess. The first Chazak Ve'amat was governance. You, you have to give the people the administration, governance. You, you have to deal with a large nation and, and, and assign all the, the arts to them. That, that, that means you have to show leadership and governance. The second Chazak Ve'amatz was Lishmar Lassus, called Torah. Chazak Ve'amatz means be strong and observe the Torah. Torah has a lot of demands, a lot of uh, things you have to do is to be strong. It's not always easy. Be strong and observe the Torah. And the third one is Hello Tzivisicha Chazak Ve'amatz Al Teros Ve'al be brave, be, uh, be bold, don't, uh, don't, don't quail before the enemy. This one he says, Hello, Again, in, in Chumash Dvarim, there are repeated commands that Hashem gives. Hashem tells the Jewish people, he tells Moshe to tell Yoshua specifically to, uh, to be strong to, when, when, they face, when, they have, when they have to face the, the, the daunting enemies in Eretz Canaan, the, the, the daunting indigenous peoples of Canaan. He tells him, he reminds him, I, I, I told you you're going to have to be strong, but uh, it might be scary, but you have to be strong. I'll, I'll be with you, you have Bitachon, and so on, and uh, there's, actually a, there's actually a lot of discussion in the Rishonim on Chumash Dvarim, when, when Hashem repeatedly says, be strong, and I'm with you, is that a, is that a mitzvah? Some count it as an actual mitzvah, some count it as a promise, like, you, don't worry, be strong, because I'm going to save you, that uh, it, it, it's normal in war to be, it's normal in war to be scared, especially because B'derech HaTeva, the, the Ramban and others point out, B'derech HaTeva, soldiers die. Even, even victorious armies lose soldiers. So not being scared is, uh, is, ne- is, is not necessarily logical, but it's, it's either it means don't be scared because maintaining morale is important for military success, or don't be scared in this particular case, because I'm with you, Hashem was saying. But either way, Hashem had commanded the Jews <coughs> not to be scared, maybe we'll return to this uh, in a future share, about what the, command, what the instruction not to, be sh- <coughs> not to be scared is based on. But these were the three Chazak Ve'amatzes, as explained by Rashi, that the, the three Chazak Ve'amatzes are be strong in leadership, be strong in Torah, and be strong in, uh, when facing the enemy, be strong in battle. So there are a couple of other things, other details in these psukim that I want to return to today and focus on. The first is, there is, in between the, the first two and the third, Chazak Ve'amatz, in Pasuk Ches, there is a famous Pasuk. Hashem tells Yoshua, Lo yamush Sefer HaTorah Zemi Picha, the Sefer HaTorah should, should not depart from your mouth, you should always be, be speaking Torah. And the Gisba Yom of you should you should speak you should speak or think Torah day and night. The word uh, the word the word Vigisa. So the Mitzudah Sion says sometimes Vigisa means Dibur, Kamolashoni Tega, 
and sometimes it means machshava, v'hagis libi. So v'hagisa means to, uh, to articulate something, either articulate actually out loud, verbally, or articulate in your, in your mind, in your heart. But v'hagisabo, so it means some level of studying Torah, either by verbally speaking the Torah or by thinking about the Torah. Yomam v'layla, day and night. You do this, so you should, in order to laman tishmar, lasas kalakasivbo, in order to keep the mitzvahs of the Torah. This is, of course, a, uh, gets involved in a famous discussion. We're not going to get into this today, but a famous discussion. I think Maren Kedushin, which is, which is greater, uh, Talmud Gadol, Masa Gadol, is, is learning the, the, ultimate, uh, the ultimate good, or is doing the mitzvahs the ultimate good. I think Maren has a very, uh, a very uh, a striking statement. Gadol Talmud, learning is great because it brings to Masa, which itself is a kind of... Uh, paradoxical statement, is, is learning great or, or is learning only a means to an end of, of doing the mitzvahs? So that's, a, that's a major discussion in Jewish thought. But anyway, learning Torah is really important. The Torah should never leave you. The Sefer Torah should never leave you. In order to do the mitzvahs, and then you'll have success. You'll be successful in, 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 in your affairs. The mitzvah of learning Torah, the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, the Talmud Torah, Kulam, the, the Brisa says, we know, of course, from numerous sources in the Torah that the study of Torah is one of the paramount uh, re- religious values, one of the most important things that we, that, that, that we do as Jews. Surprisingly, there are a few examples of mitzvahs like this. Surprisingly, there isn't really such a clear, straightforward command in, in Chumash to, to study Torah. We say in Kriyashma, some of that refers to recitation of Kriyashma itself, but... Uh, Sometimes those psukim are interpreted to refer to a mitzvah of Talmud Torah, but surprisingly there is no really explicit mitzvah in the Chemish Lomshay Torah, study Torah. These psukim, in this pasuk in Yeshua, the Torah should never leave you and you should study Torah day and night, this, this, this pasuk is really often held up as being the prime, one of the primary or the primary sources for the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. There are a couple of other great mitzvahs where there's debate also, even though, even though it's clear from the Torah how important it is, it's unclear if there's a formal, explicit uh, mitzvah to that effect. Living in Eretz Yisrael, Yishuv Eretz Yisrael is a major maklokus, Rambam and Ramban, whether it's actually even a mitzvah or not, it's clearly a great Jewish value. Is it actually a commandment? Is it an, is it an obligation? Is it just uh, an ideal we strive for? Tshuva, there's a whole discussion whether tshuva is properly counted as a mitzvah. But uh, Talmud Torah, so th- this, this pasuk of la is often held up as, the, as, as a major source for the obligation to learn Torah. And more than that, not just to learn Torah occasionally, but an obligation to learn Torah constantly. And that's what we need to discuss now. What does it mean, learn Torah constantly? No one learns Torah constantly. Everyone takes off time, to, at, the very, at the very least, to sleep and to do other mitzvahs, to daven. Most of us don't learn Torah even near constantly. The Villagon, they talk about how he counted every, how many minutes a year he wasted from Torah study. But most of us do other things. We, we have jobs, we have hobbies, we spend time with our family, we, uh, we, we do many things that are not limerat Torah, certainly not in a literal sense. So the question is, what exactly are the parameters of the mitzvah of limerat Torah? How is this pasuk understood? Learn Torah day and night. The Torah should never depart, your, never depart from your mouth. What exactly are the parameters of limerat Torah? So again, there, there, there's a fundamental paradox in the mitzvah of Limerat Torah. We'll discuss the, some more detail soon. On the one hand, we talk about how learning Torah is uh, the most important thing, but Talmud Torah can I get kulam. On the other hand, Limerat Torah is in a certain sense less obligatory, less mandatory than, than most other mitzvahs. So for example, a person wants to go 
go to work. A person wants to go earn his daily bread, whether as a laborer in the field, whether working in an office. A person wants to take eight hours a day and go earn his daily bread. So that's what we do, of course. We'll discuss, again, Talmudic sources on this in a moment, but we do that, of course. Uh, an observant person is not going to say, you know, I just can't put on tefillin, I can't take lulav, I have to go work. I mean, those are mitzvahs, you have to do them. You know, you'll find a way, you'll find a way to work without, uh, without being vatel the mitzvah of, uh, of lulav or of, or of shofar or of uh, tefillin. But pikuach uh, nefesh, if your life is in danger, it's one thing, but other mitzvahs are mandatory, they're binding, they're not optional, but Talmud uh, Torah, we'll see soon the sources for this, a person sets aside, the person decides, I'm not going to study Torah for a few hours a day, I'm going to work. Or I'm going to spend time with my family. I'm going to do homework with my kid. You can't say I'm not going to put on tefillin today. I need more time with my with my son. I mean, tefillin is tefillin. You have to do it. The, the lulav is lulav. You'll, you'll work it out. The, when it comes to Talmud Torah, we we we, we are in a, in a certain sense we are quicker to set aside the mitzvah of Talmud Torah than we are to do most mitzvahs. And this is actually, formally speaking, we say that osik mitzvah patur mitzvah. There is a general principle that when you're doing one mitzvah, you don't stop to do another mitzvah. That does not apply to Talmud Torah in general. If a person is learning, and it comes time to say Kriyashma, or to, learn, or to put on tefillin, or take a lulav, we, we don't say that, well, I'm busy, lear- I'm busy learning Torah, so Osi Mitzvah Patr Mitzvah. We say, go do the other mitzvah. The, the formal rule is that if it's a mitzvah, de a mitzvah that can be done by somebody else, then you say, I'm learning Torah, let somebody else take care of this mitzvah. If you can't, then, then you have to do it, because, the, because Talmud Torah is set aside uh, in favor of other mitzvahs. <laughs> there is a, a famously Shver Rambam, a famously problematic Rambam. The, the Gemara talks about how ideally a person should marry very young, but the, the one major dispensation not to, the Gemara says, is if he's learning Torah. If he's learning Torah and the burden of, of providing for a family, of, of, of working to earn a living, will take him away from Torah, he can not, uh, not stay single forever, but he can postpone marriage for a certain period of time. How is he supposed to learn Torah if he uh, has the millstone or the burden of Parnassa? So you can marry a little bit later than would be appropriate otherwise. So the Rambam writes that the Petur is Osik in Osik in the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, he can postpone marriage. The Mepharshim will ask on the Rambam, we don't say Osik Mitzvah Patrim Mitzvah on Talmud Torah. That's not true. This particular halacha is true that you can postpone marriage, but there has to be another explanation because we don't generally say Osik Mitzvah Patrim Mitzvah when it comes to Talmud Torah. Talmud Torah, despite the fact that it's the, the that it's the greatest mitzvah. That it's such a fundamentally important thing. It has to be set aside in, in favor of other mitzvahs. One of the explanations the Mefarshim give is that, again, like the pasuk says, Laman Tishmarlasus. In a very important sense, even if we believe that learning Torah is a value per se, even learning Torah that's not relevant halachalamasa, learning kadshim, learning halachas that are not really relevant to our daily life. It's still a great mitzvah to learn Torah, but in a, in a, very, in a very important sense, uh, the point of Torah is to teach us how to act. So you can't use Torah as a reason not to do the mitzvah. So the point of Torah is to do mitzvah. So it doesn't make sense, the Mepharshim tell us, to, it doesn't make sense to, uh, to, to use learning Torah as an excuse not to do mitzvahs. There's a very interesting discussion in the laws of Ashah Saveda. So we know that unlike American law, this is a, a signature difference between Torah and American law, in it, in, in modern Western law, uh, I generally have no obligation to do any kind of chesed for anybody else. I mean, the government charges taxes and uses some of that money to provide for those who are in need. But in general, you know, being a good Samaritan, I see somebody in trouble and danger. In general, I have no legal, ob- I might have a moral obligation, but I have no legal obligation to provide help. There are certain exceptions. There, there are mandated reporters who, who, have to, who have to get involved and report certain things. 
There are certain legal schools of thought that are trying to introduce a duty to care, on a, a, duty to, a duty to help on a national level. But in general, the law does not require me to lift a finger to help somebody else. There was a famous case in New York, I think, a famous episode of the Kitty Genovese episode where a woman was horribly murdered or something, assaulted and murdered, and all kinds of neighbors heard. Nobody did anything. It's morally repugnant. Even Americans agree to that, but it's not, le- it's not legally a crime. As a private citizen, assuming you aren't, again, a mandated reporter or a public in, in certain positions of public trust, um, an ordinary citizen has no legal obligation to provide help. Halacha has a very different view. Halacha has a whole, uh, a whole swath of obligations a person does have to provide aid to others in need. Hashav Seveda, you have to return lost property. There's a prohibition against standing by while someone else uh, incurs harm. And that there are, and that, and that Seveda is, is, is applied with, with regard to saving somebody from harm as well. You do have an obligation. Again, there are rules. If, it, if your own life will be in danger, maybe you don't have to do it. But the, in general, if you can help somebody else without cost to yourself, then you have, you have to do it, Jerry. Help, help save his money, help save his person. You do have an obligation to provide help to somebody else. It's a halachic obligation. Now, when it comes to Hashavah Seveda, returning lost property, the halacha is you don't have to do it if, if you will incur a personal cost, even just money. If, uh, if, if, if it's going to cost me uh, money somehow, I'm, I'm, the, the lost property is in the mud. If I, go, if I climb down into the mud, I'll ruin my clothing. I don't have to do it. If, I, if it would cost me a bus ride or something to, uh, to go take care of the property, I don't have to do it. Even if it's just lost income. If I'm going to be late to work, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll lose an hour of pay. I don't have to do that. I, I, don't, I don't have to give up my own money in order to return lost property. Now, in a case where I can, where I can bill the other person for my cost, so for example, uh, I see a $100 bill on the ground. If, if I'm late to work, I'll lose $20. Then I take the hundred dollars. I take off twenty for myself and I, for, for the lost party, and I return him to eighty because th- that makes sense, obviously. But I don't. Ha- but in a case where I won't be able to, 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 to I won't be able to recoup my costs. Then I'm not mechayiv to do it. So contemporary posts can discuss what happens if instead of financial costs, it, it, the, it, it's coming at the cost of my Torah study. I have a share I go to. I have a chavrusa I go to at this time. If I if I deal with the lost property then I won't be able to, I'll miss my share, I'll miss my charusa, I'll, I'll miss my learning Torah. Now sometimes you know, your time is fungible, if I don't do it now, I'll do it later, if, if you can just make up your learning later, that's one thing. But in a case where I can't, my is not available later, my share is not available later, uh, I just won't work, I don't have time later, so should I be mevatal Torah in order to uh, return the Aveda? So contemporary posts can discuss this question, and they generally say yes, they say that you should. Even though Talmud Torah can get kulam, you have to return the lost property. Even though for $10, if I'm going to lose $10, $20, I don't have to return the lost property. Surely learning Torah is worth more than $10, $20. Torah is worth more than all the gold and silver in the world. Surely Torah is worth more than a few dollars. That's the way, that's the halacha. The halacha is money the Torah recognizes, financial loss is, uh, the Torah recognizes as an excuse not to, uh, not to return Aveda. But most contemporary posts can say that a contemporary posts can say learning Torah is not an excuse. You don't say Osi Mitzvah Mitzvah and Talmud Torah. Talmud Torah cannot be used as an excuse not to do other mitzvahs, even though in some sense Talmud Torah might be a more important mitzvah. It doesn't matter. We, we, we generally don't use Talmud Torah as an excuse not to do mitzvahs. Because that's the whole point of the Torah, they say. The Torah is to, is to teach you to do the right thing. So it doesn't make any sense at all, they say, to use learning Torah as an excuse not to... Uh, not to not to do mitzvahs.
But what exactly is, again, so now getting back to our actual Pasuk, what e- Right, so, so there is a discussion in the Gemara and the post came about <coughs> people who would skip tefillah, people who are Tarasu Omnaso, like Rosh Hashem Ben Yochai. There, there is a certain category of using Torah as an excuse not to daven. We generally don't do this today. There are certain opinions that talk about that. We generally do not apply that on our level of learning Torah. Um, even, even a question of learning with a minion, Ramosha Feinstein has chuvus whether if a person feels that he can learn Torah better with the schedule, whatever it is, if he, if he skips minion, even that Ramosha I think says you generally shouldn't do, you should daven with a minion is more important than, he says work out your Torah, work out your schedule differently. To, it, it, should be, it, should be, it should be manageable, he says. But yeah, but there are some opinions, I believe, by using Torah not to, not, not to daven. I'm not, uh, not so familiar with the discussion, so I'm not going to go deeper into that, but yeah, you're right, there is a discussion about that in the Gemara. So, what exactly are the parameters of this mitzvah of Vagisba Yom and Belayla? So there are two or three very famous Gemaras that talk about this. Uh, one of them is a Gemara in Menachas. I, I always point out one of the things I love about Torah is how some of the most interesting and philosophically important and fundamental questions often appear in the most uh, unlikely, technical, kind of very, very... Uh, very, very obscure and technical-sounding sections of the Torah, we, 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 we somehow encounter the most, the most crucial and urgent and fundamental questions get discussed. So the discussion about how to understand our Pasuk occurs in the context of a Mishnah toward the end of Masechus Menachas. The Mishnah is discussing the Lechma Panim, the bread that was placed on the Shulchan in the tabernacle and the temple. So they replaced the bread once a week. They baked new bread, they took off the old bread, and they put on the new bread. So the Mishnah brings two opinions as to how that, how that uh, replacement was done, how they took off the old bread and put on the new bread. So the Gemara says, the, the first opinion says, the first opinion says that when they, when they took off the old bread and put on the new bread, they would have two Kohanim removing the old bread and two Kohanim putting on the new bread at the same time. So kind of the, old, the new bread was like pushing out the old bread, that there was always bread on the table. The, 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 the table, the shulchan, couldn't go even a moment without bread. As the old bread went off, the new bread was already going on. And the reason is because it says that the, the Torah commands us we should have bread on the shulchan, lechem, lefanai tamid. It should be before me, Hashem says, in the, in the, in the Beis HaMikdash, tamid, all the time, constantly. So you can't have a moment without bread. So the new bread has to come on literally as the old bread is coming off. Rabbi Yossi says, Rabbi Yossi says, you don't need to do that. He says that, Rabbi Yossi says that the afilu elu notru elu manichin, you don't have to do that. They can take off the bread, a couple hours later someone else can put on the bread. You don't need to go through this very uh, meticulous procedure. As long as the bread is there by the end of the day, that is fine. The Gemara brings a bride, Rabbi Yossi explains his shita. Even if in the morning they take off the old bread, they go throughout the day with no bread on the table, they put on the new bread in the evening, that's fine. So what does Lechem Lefanai Tamid mean? What does it mean the bread has to be Tamid? You can't go a night without bread. As long as there's bread by nightfall, that's fine. But you don't have to literally have the bread Tamid on, on the whole day. What does this have to do with, uh, with us? We don't have the Mesamekdash, we don't have the Lechem Apanim, we don't have the, the bread Tamid. So the Gemara says, from Rabbi Yossi we learn as follows. Even if a person just studies one parak of Torah in the morning, 
and one parak of Torah in the evening, he fulfills the mitzvah of lo yomush shefer Torah zemipicha. Doesn't use the word tamid in our pasuk, but it, the idea is tamid. The idea is yom v'layla all the time. Torah should never leave you. So just as Rabbi Yossi says, when it comes to lechem apanim, the Torah says tamid, but tamid doesn't literally mean always. Tamid means regularly. Tamid means don't go a night with, don't go a single night without lechem, but it doesn't mean literally all day. So too, Talmud Torah doesn't mean you have to study Torah all day. Even if you study some Torah in the morning, some Torah at night, you fulfill the mitzvah of La Yamash. Limara brings another opinion, goes even further, even simply Kriyashma. Kriyashma is Torah. Kriyashma is a parish in the Torah. A lot of davening is a lot of davening is from the Torah, but Kriyashma is from the Torah. It says even if a person just recites Kriyashma, Shachris Ba'arvis, he fulfills the mitzvah of La Yamash, Shefer Torah Zemipicha. And uh, th- th- that's true as well, according to Rabbi Yossi. The Gemara brings an amusing uh, dispute. The Gemara then says, You should not tell an Amaretz this thing, that he can get away with learning Torah once uh, a little bit in the morning and a little bit in the evening. And then the Gemara brings a, a different opinion that says, It's a mitzvah to tell Amaretz that you can fulfill the mitzvah with a little bit in the morning and the evening. Why is it Asr? Why is it a mitzvah? Why does one say Asr, one say mitzvah? So Asr Rashi explains... Simple. The guy's going to say, "Why should I spend teach my son's Torah? Why should I you know, push so hard and make them learn so much Torah? It's enough. I can be out there with Kriyashma. Big deal. I'm done. The rest of my day, I'll, I'll make money. I'll, I'll, I'll pursue my hobbies. So you shouldn't tell him that because it's not an ideal. Obviously, I, not, even though you can be out there with a little bit in the morning and evening, that's not the ideal. Why would it be a mitzvah to say it before I'm into an Amaretz? He says because. The Amaretz, if the Amaretz thinks, wow, even just a little bit of Torah is, is such a tremendous mitzvah, he says, imagine what happens if I learn more Torah. Imagine how wonderful that would be. The, 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 the Pasuk says you'll be successful. Even Kriyashma, even if a person just does the bare minimum, Hashem promises I'll be showered with success and, and so on. He says, imagine what happens if I really learn Torah. Imagine how much char I'll get. Uh, mad. Or Rashi brings another pshat. The guy says, wow, you go to the mitzvah with only a little bit, and yet the Tamil Chum spends so much time. It must be really important if they're, if they're going above and beyond the, the bare minimum. But either way, this is the opinion of some Chacham in the Gemara, <coughs> according to Rabbi Yossi, that you fulfill the basic mitzvah of Layamish and Vahigisabo by learning a little bit of Torah in the morning and a little bit of Torah in the evening. The Gemara goes on, though, and the Gemara is not finished yet. The Gemara brings another opinion. The Gemara says... Uh, a very famous uh, anecdote. The Gemara says, Ben Dama, a Chacham named Ben Dama, he was the nephew of Rabbi Yishmael, Ben Achoso Shel Rabbi Yishmael. So he asked his uncle Rabbi Yishmael, I have learned Kol Kula. Whatever exactly Kol Kula means, they say Rav Chaim Kanievsky, I think, would make a seum on some corpus of knowledge that he, annually that he considered, I think, Kol Kula. Obviously, there's more Torah to learn. There's, you know, Torah is... Uh, Torah is infinite, but there's some, there's some basic corpus that's called Kala Mishnah, Gemara, whatever it is. I have learned Kala Kula, he said. So can I go study Chachmas Yivanis? Can I go study Greek wisdom? So the answer was, he told him, nope. Sefer Torah can never depart from your mouth. You must study Torah day and night. Go find a time, he told him, kind of humorously, kind of wittily, he told him, go find a time, your day is committed to Torah, your night is committed to Torah, find a different time that's not day and not night, and you'll have time for Chachmas Yivanis. Other than that, you cannot, uh, other than that, you cannot study Chachmas Yivanis.
So this this opinion seems to say that no, but gizma yom v'layla, you're not yotze with uh, with the bare minimum. You with one parak in the morning, one at night. You, you have to all your available time, all the day and all the night. There's no time for chachmas yivanis. You have to learn Torah all the time. The Gemara says though that's not the that's not the final that's not the final opinion. The Gemara says pligid rabbi shmuel bar nachmeni. Shmuel bar nachmeni says pasuk zeh eino lachova v'lo mitzvah ela bracha. This pasuk is not it should not be understood as a mitzvah at all. It's a bracha. Shem was blessing Yeshua that he'll be successful in keeping, in, in keeping up with Torah and in studying Torah. Since he saw that Yeshua was so committed to Divrei Torah, he, Torah was so beloved to him. It says, He never departed the Ohel, the Beis Midrash, the, the study hall. So, Hashbar who said, Yeshua, I see that you love Torah so much. I bless you that Torah will never... Torah will never uh, will never leave you. You'll always have this very strong connection to the Torah. So we have at least three what, what seems to be three opinions in the Gemara. The first opinion, following the Shita of Rabbi Yossi, about the Lechem Apanim, is that there is a mitzvah to learn Torah day and night, but that that can be satisfied at, at minimum with a little bit of Torah in the morning, a little bit of Torah at night, even just Kriyashma. Point to one opinion. We have the second opinion, the uh, Rabbi Yishmael, who said. That no, the mitzvah to study Torah, maybe he, maybe I like the Tanakam in the Mishnah, that you have to do the Lechem upon him going on and going off. But Tamid means Tamid. Yom of Elila means Yom of Elila. You have to learn Torah literally all the time. There's no time for Chachmas Yivanis. You can eat, you can sleep, you can make a living maybe if you need to. We'll discuss that in a moment. But just to learn Chachmas Yivanis as, a, as, a, as, as, as an avocation, as, as, some, as, as something of. Uh, of a personal interest, yeah, you can't do that because that would violate the obligation to learn Torah day and night. The Gemara says pliga. There's a third opinion that says that this pasuk is neither, neither of, not a mitzvah at all. This pasuk is bechlama telling you a uh, bechlama telling you a mitzvah. It's just telling you a. Uh, it's just telling you a. a it was telling Yeshua a bracha. It was a, it was a bracha to Yeshua. It's not a mitzvah. It wasn't said for all generations. It was a personal. Reward to Yeshua. It was uh, it was a praise and a reward for his for his commitment to learning to learning Torah. Not a mitzvah at all. Okay, so we have different opinions on how to understand the pasuk of Agisba Yom Velayla. Another famous Gemara on this subject, and this is the one that deals with making a living. A very very famous Gemara. This Gemara is in Brachos on Lamed Hay. The Gemara the Gemara brings Machlokus Rabbi Yishmael or Mishum Ben Yochai. The Gemara says Tan Rabbanan. We say in Kriyashma in the second parsha, "V'asafta deganecha, v'yiroshachavi yitzarecha." Deganecha v'yiroshachavi yitzarecha. That the Torah says, "You shall engage in agricultural work. You shall engage in gathering the crops from the fields." Matamad lomar l'fishen emar. The pasuk says in Yoshua, "Lo yomeshevar Torah zemipicha." You should learn Torah all the time. Yachol varm kichsavan. Maybe that means literally you must learn all the time. No, no taking off time to work. No taking off time to do anything. Talmud Lomar, no. The Torah told you, no matter how important, despite the fact that Torah is of paramount importance, you have an exception to be no heg minog derecheretz. We mentioned earlier, derecheretz can mean uh, can mean various things. Derecheretz can mean behaving with respect. Uh, but one thing derecheretz sometimes means is living in the world. When, when we first talked about Torah im derecheretz, it's good to be respectful also, but what he meant was that he, he was referring to the doctrine of Torah and Derech means that Torah should be combined with living in the real world, and I, I assume the phrase was based on this Gemara, that even though, it's, even though it's crucially important to learn Torah, but Minak Derech also, the, the, that Torah should be accompanied, called Torah has to be, uh, Torah, has, Torah has to have 
Torah has to be combined with Derech Eretz. The person has to live in a reasonable way in the, in the, in, in the world that we live in. Haneg Bahem Minak Derech Eretz, Diver Rabbi Yishmael. So the same Rabbi Yishmael who said in Menachos, who said, no time for Chachma Yivanis, you have to learn Torah day and night. There is an exception, though. Maybe not Chachma Yivanis, but there is an exception. The exception is a person has the right, maybe even the duty, to be to engage in Parnassah, to engage in things that, uh, that he needs to do in this world, specifically Parnassah. Roshim ben Yechai says, no way, I cannot accept that. Being a farmer is very hard work. There's lots and lots of things you have to do. You have to do plowing and planting and harvesting and threshing and winnowing. The person's going to do all that, and what's going to happen to the Torah? Torah Matehelev. So it can't be. It can't be the Torah expects people to do all this work, and, and that would be incompatible with the life of studying Torah. So what does the Torah mean? The Torah, so the Gemara says, or Shimon Yechai says, when Yisrael do the will of Hashem, when they do Ritzar Shal Makam, then others will take care of, take care of them, that Hashem will make uh, others take care of their, of, their, of their economic needs. If Yisrael does not do Ritzar Shal Makam, then uh, you're going to have to work for the enemy. But that is the sheet of Shimon Yechai. It's not an ideal. Working is not an ideal. Working... The, the amount of work you have to do to be successful at your work as a farmer, a lot of other professions, is not compatible with learning Torah, and therefore, Yosef Tadegarnecha is not the not the ideal. It's not what the it's not what is not what the 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 Tadegarnecher Shemunichai seems to say is only when Yisrael is enos in return shel makom. Then you're going to have to do vasafta but that's not the ideal. That, that, that's not the the, the, the the ideal situation. The ideal situation is you learn Torah and you do not work on your farm. How do we paskin? What's the what's the bottom line here? So it's, hard, it's not clear if this is exactly a halachic machlokus. It's not how we paskin the shulchan aruch exactly, but the Gemara does say a, a very famous uh, appraisal of the relative merits of these two views. The Gemara says. The Gemara says Amr Abaye. Many people practiced the, the, the moderate approach of Rabbi Yishmael, that they took off time to work, and they were successful. They tried the, the purest, the, the, the more rigorous approach of Rabbi Yishmael, and they were not successful. And this, of course, is the, in, in practice, Yisrael, the Nadavim, the Bernay this, of course, is the prevailing practice that we do. We do take off time from Torah to work. We follow the opinion of Rabbi Yishmael, that we combine Torah with Derech Eretz, that we take off time from Torah to, uh, to do Vasav Tadeganecha. Most of us are not agricultural workers. Most of us don't make our living by uh, tilling the soil. But the basic idea is there that, that, we, that, that we combine Torah, or we're Hanig Ben Munich Derech Eretz, we combine Torah with Derech Eretz, and that's how we live our lives. Again, the same Rabbi Yishmael is the one who said that you cannot take time for Chachmas Yivanis because Vigis of Yom Valayla means constantly. And uh, so he's not saying, so, so, so it, that's not entirely clear. Whether we pass in like Rabbi Yossi, that even a small amount of Torah is enough every day, that once you, once you said a parak in the morning, parak in the evening is enough. Or whether we seem to pa- or whether we pass in like the Tanakhama Shita, like Rabbi Shmuel Shita. You really do have to learn Torah all the time. But there's a, there's a carve out, there's a dispensation for Minog Derecherz, for things that you need in this world to things like working on the working the land and making a living
I mean, the fact that we have so many halachas and mitzvahs associated with working the land and leaving ties, I mean, all sorts of things, Right. So Dr. Glogar was pointing out that a, a, a support to Rabbi Shmuel Shita against Rabbi Shimon Yechai is that if it was really so bedieved, so uh, second-rate to, to, to work the land, would the Torah have spent so much time telling you so, so much about all the mitzvahs that a farmer has, all that, that regulate, the, we find in Tanakh, we find some of the great, uh, the great, the great, her- the great religious heroes of Tanakh spend time, they spend time with sheep, they, but Boaz spent, Boaz was, uh, was in the Gurren, he was learning Torah also according to the Midrash, but he spent time in the Gurren, so we, we do find, uh, the Rambam famously says that many of the Chachma Yisrael did, did not uh, earn their living from the Torah, they worked, they were blacksmiths, they were manual laborers, blue-collar laborers, so, 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 clear, so right, clearly there are, there, are many, there are many different aspects of Aramisara, that point toward Rabbi Shmuel's view, that point to the idea that the, the, that, that the expectation of Hashem, the expectation of the Torah, is that we live lives which do involve uh, engaging in worldly affairs to some extent. Yes, the Rambam, of course, famously said, at least it made sense in his time, that a, that a person who's not uh, learning Torah all day should work three hours a day and then devote, I think, nine hours a day to learning Torah. He felt you could support your family on uh, three hours a day, and uh, I work the rest of the day. But yes, but I learn the rest of the day. But yes, it's uh, the, the, the basic point. I think is correct that the simple, straightforward. That's really what Rishmal said. The Torah says us after the Ganecha, and Dr. Glogar was just adding. It's not just one pasuk in Kriyashma. There are countless psukim that that assume an agricultural life, that assume a life of uh, of, uh, of, 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 of not business, but assume a life of uh, of derech eretz, of, of minog derech eretz. Yeah, and that's that's obviously the post-Talmud as well, that Jews, traditionally Jews did work, Jews typically made a living, whether it was banking, it wasn't typically farming in post-Talmudic times, but it was whether banking, whether, uh, whether teaching, whether intellectual professions to today, the doctors and the lawyers, but uh, obviously the merch, the commerce was, uh, commerce was among uh, the Svardim in the last several hundred years. Among the Ashkenazim, you know, managing, uh, managing taverns was a big one, but uh, but yes, so, so obviously that that is the dominant view that uh, that we engage in minak derech But the question, of course, the question is what's included in derech eretz. The Gemara gives one example of parnasa of making a living. The same Rabbi Shmuel rejected the idea of studying chachmas yivanis because yom of Apparently, if you're not doing if you're not doing uh, if you're not doing Vasafta de Ganacha, you can't just uh, do other things. There's a there's a there, there are there are there's a group of chuvas that were written about eighty years ago, hundred years ago. I think I think they were all responses to Rav Shimon Schwab. Rav Shimon Schwab wrote to several Gidole, several Gidolim of Europe. He asked them about kind of about the, the, the customs of the German tradition, following Refersh, going to college, you're engaging in other things besides Limit Torah. Eastern Europe was much more, much more fanatically devoted to Torah and mitzvahs. They worked when they had to, the, the, those who were com- religiously committed, but they didn't go to college, they didn't, they didn't engage in the culture of the world. They worked to the extent that they had to. Obviously, there were those who assimilated as well. There were those who were not, you know, didn't take the, the Torah that seriously, but those who did... The, the paradigm was you work to the extent that you had to, and then you learn, and then you learn Torah, and you did mitzvahs. There wasn't much of anything else. The Germans uh, were, the whole Hersheyan idea was that they, you participate in the world, you, uh, you read poetry, you, you do other things. So Schwab asked various gedolim of, of Europe what their attitude toward going to college was, to, to engaging, to embracing secular culture, and so on. So he got a, a number of letters back from some of the most uh, uh, celebrated gedolim Torah of his time. 
And I think Rabbi Yehuda Leo Levy put, put them together in a book where, where, he, where he, he showed the, that not, not only were the answers different, they, they were very, they were very um, typical in style and content and attitude of the different Kedolim he spoke to. He wrote to Rabbi Bar Leibowitz, who is the legendary uh, figure in the yeshiva world, who was a fanatically committed to Torah and and, uh, and the very traditionalist view, view of things. He wrote to the rugged shover, who was famously marched, marched to the beat of his own drummer. He, would, uh, he had his own approach to everything, his own unique uh, interpretation of things. And was, uh, He wrote to Rebbe Khan Lasserman, also a legendary figure in the yeshiva world, who was famous for his kind of short and pithy and very uh, simple and, and digestible, digestible arguments. And he wrote to... One of the Telzers, one of the one, one, one of the blocks. I forget which one it was. So, and the answers he got back were all very different. Uh, so, Rabaruch Bear has a an answer full of Eun and full of Lamdus, where he basically explains that really Talmud Torah, Kedeget Kulam, Talmud Torah is so important. It's unthinkable that somebody would. You can't be mavatal Torah to make a living. There's no hatred to mavatal Torah to make a living. So what's done of us after the Ganecha? I haven't seen this in a while, but as I recall, the way he expresses it is that the Torah limits the obligation, just like the mitzvah of the mitzvah Kriyashma is twice a day. The mitzvah of Talmud Torah has, was, was built in with an exception for Parnassah. That's, that's not a contradiction to learning Torah. The Torah told you that you have some time off from learning Torah to earn a living. But anything which is fundamentally inimical to Torah, inimical to Torah anything which is fundamentally uh, at odds with Torah, no hetzer. Rav Barakbar said college, university studies, which are competitors to Torah, which you're, you're embracing a different chachma, which is, which is a rival to the Torah. That's usher, even for Parnassah, because bitl Torah, active bitl Torah, biadayim, even for Parnassah, is not a hetzer. You can work, because the Torah gave you that exception, but... In Lambdas, he said, uh, university is uh, completely verboten, completely out of the question. Rolchan Wasserman answers in a much more down-to-earth, uh, kind of commonsensical way. He says, well, if you're going to college to earn a living, <coughs> that's much because after the Ganecha, you're allowed to take off time for learning to, uh, to earn a living. Assuming they're not teaching you heresy and things that are terrible for Jews. But he says, beyond that, a person just wants to take uh, university classes because he's interested in the Chachma, that's Aser, that's Bittal Torah, that's, uh, that, that, that's beyond Velayli, you can't do that. What about women, he says? Well, a woman, a woman doesn't have the mitzvah of Talmud Torah to the extent a man does. If she could go to university just for her own uh, personal fulfillment. Maybe not, he says. There are some posts who say a woman does have a mitzvah of Talmud Torah, at least to learn the Torah that's relevant to her. She makes a bracha of Torah. One of the reasons given is because she does have a mitzvah to learn the Torah that's relevant to her. Maybe she also has to learn Torah whenever she has free time. She has uh, other obligations to do to take care of the family. But maybe she also has a mitzvah of Bittal Torah. Jerel Khanan basically accepts in principle the idea of us after the Ganecha, but he limits it very much to Parnassi. He says you can't just go for your, for your own edification, for your own, uh, uh, that's us. Uh, the the Rugged Shover and uh, Rav Bloch had other, uh, other approaches to the question. But the, but, but the bottom line is uh, the, we, 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 ha- we, have these, we, have, we have these very, very different approaches. We have Rabbi Shmuel, Shita, and Menachos that says, no hetter for Chachmas Yivanis, Yomam Velayla. We have Rabbi Shmuel in Brachas who says, Hanag ben there is a hetter for Derech We have Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai who was uh, a very much a hardliner and said, you shouldn't even do that ideally. Ideally, you shouldn't even do uh, Parnassah. You should simply learn Torah and Hashem will take care of you. The Gemara's comments on that, it didn't work. Many people tried that. It wasn't a successful approach. There's one final Gemara we should discuss that, that sheds more light on this question of what exactly is the obligation to learn Torah, what is Vagisa Yom Velayla, 
This is a Gemara in the Durham. The Gemara is discussing someone who made a neder to learn Torah. So the Gemara says, Someone says, I formally commit, I will study this parak, I will study this mesechta. That's a neder gadol. That's, that, 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 that's a neder gadol. That's a great neder he made, the Lokei Yisrael. So apparently that's a binding neder, the Gemara thinks. So the Gemara says, really, is that true? So the Gemara says, but there's a rule, mushbah a neder in certain contexts is not binding regarding a mitzvah that you're already obligated in anyway. The neder works on a dvar harishus, something which is discretionary. I can make a neder to forbid it or to obligate myself to do it. Something which is already the subject of a mitzvah, you can't have such a neder. So you're mushbah v'omeid, v'ein shvua chalal shvua. There's a lot of debate in this Gemara whether it means shvua or neder, which are two distinct types of vows, but we're not getting into the details. The Gemara says, how can this neder, how can the shvua be, be, be valid? You already have an obligation to learn Torah. Mushbah v'omeid, so the Gemara says, the Gemara says, Kamash Malan, Kivan di Boy Potter Nafshe, Bekriash Mashakras Varvis. This is the Avchesa Manalaf. The Gemara says, since the Chi of Menatara, the Gemara seems to say, a person could fulfill by studying Kriash Mashakras Varvis, as we saw in Menachas. Talmud, according to Biosi, means, Vagisu Yamalayla means, it could be Yoti even with Kriash Mashakras Varvis. So, so, so learning Torah beyond that minimum. It, this Gemara seems to say is voluntary, it's discretionary. That's why you can make a neder to, to add to your learning. But this Gemara seems to follow the Gemara in Menachas, not like Rabbi Yishmael Shita in Menachas who says, no time for Chachmah Yivanis, you must learn every spare minute of the day. This Gemara, taken at face value, seems to say that the obligation, is, is, is the, the bare minimum mandatory obligation is simply to study a little, a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the evening. Anything beyond that is up to you is discretionary. The Ran does not like this. The Ran says, this cannot be Pshan of the Gemara, he thinks, Mistav it's not, it's not, we should not take this Gemara at face value that you're yotze, your obligation with a little bit of tar in the morning and the evening. A person is obligated to learn day and night uh, insofar as he has the ability to do so. He brings another Gemara. Gemara in Kedushin says, Mishinantam, <laughs> so Vishinantam is the Pasuk in Kriyashma, Vishinantam Lefanecha V'dibar Tabam. Gemara in Kedushin says, Shinantam means they have to be sharp. They have to be, you have to have the Torah, not just a vague notion that there's some discussion of this in the Torah. You, you have to have the Torah clear and sharp. <coughs> if someone asks you a question, I'll to get Lotigamgim at Tamerlo. Don't stammer and try to uh, put it together. You should have it clear. You should have, be able to, you should have, you should have it a concrete and clear understanding of the Torah. Says the Ran, you're not going to get there if you only do Kriyash Mashakras Varvis. Someone who says, I can fulfill the mitzvah by hearing a two minute Dvar uh, Halacha after, after Shakras in the morning and a two minute share in the evening, that's wonderful. You're Mikhaim the mitzvah of Agisha Yom Valayla, but you're not going to be Mikhaim the mitzvah of Vishinantam, the Ran says. You're not going to reach this level of accomplishment in the knowledge of Torah that the Torah expects you to get. So he says, So, 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 what, is, so what does the Gemara mean? He says that. You certainly are chayev. I, the Gemara says, uh, ne- a neder, this neder is valid because you're not mushpapa omed, because you're not mushpapa to do that. So the Ram says, the pshat on the Gemara is something else. Anything which is not explicit in the Torah, even if we derive it from Midrash, from the hermeneutical principles that Chazal used, that uh, a, a neder is still chal. Even though it's, you, you are mushpapa omed, but, but if it's not clear in the Torah, a neder is still chal. So this obligation of Shinanta, mechudadim b'ficha, this obligation is not explicit. When you read, when you say Kriyashma Vishinantam Levanecha, you might not know that Gemara and Kedushin, that it means you have to keep studying Torah until it's uh, all clear in your head. 
So that, that's a chiyuv, but it's not explicit in the Torah. So the Ran kind of concedes that the Gemara Menachos, not Rabbi Shmuel Shita, but the Gemara says, Kriyash Mashachris Va'arvis, the Yisba Yom Valayla would be enough to do Shachris Va'arvis. There is, however, a second obligation of a Shinantam that you have to keep learning until you, until you can, the Torah is, is crystal clear and you can answer sharply and decisively when you ask a question. That requires a great deal more study of Torah. And a person will typically not reach that level. He'll, he's always, he's, he always has to keep learning then. But that's only a drasha, and therefore a neder is chal. Shulchan Aruch and Hilchas Talmud Torah. So how, to how much, what is the Shulchan Aruch passing? How, what, what is the obligation? What is the obligation to learn Torah? So, the Shulchan Aruch says, Kolish Yisrael, this is Simon Yordea, Reish Vav, the first Sif, Reish Vav Aleph. Kolish Yisrael Chayav Talmud Torah. This is, I think, language of the Rambam. Every Jewish person must study Torah. Bein Ani, Bein Asher, whether he's poor or he's rich. Famous Gemara that says Hill is Mechayav Esaniim. Rabbi Elazar Ben Charsim, I think, is Mechayav Dashirim. Hill was uh, in, completely impoverished. He, he got snowed in on the roof because he didn't have enough money to get into the base Medrash. So people who are desperately poor have to learn Torah. People who are incredibly rich and have an empire to manage still have to learn Torah. People who are healthy, people who are, uh, who are not well. Someone who's young, someone who's very old. Married, he has a family to attend to. All these people are chayev. How much are they chayev? Chayev l'kvo'alozman l'talmud Torah. The language of the Shulchan Aruch is everyone has to have a kviyusman. Everyone has to set aside some regular period to study Torah. How much the Shulchan Aruch doesn't say. It has to be yom v'layla. Shneemar v'hagisba yom v'layla. It's our pasuk in Yeshua, pasuk in Shulchan Aruch, beginning of Hilchas Talmud Torah, that a person must set aside time day and night to learn, at least some time. Shulchan Aruch doesn't give you any specific amount of time. He doesn't bring the more extreme language of you must learn all the time, but he says you must set aside some time. Yom and Velayla, the Ramah, Paskin's the lenient view, Ubishasat Chak, Afilo Kara Ra, Kriyash Mashachus Varvis. Even if a person's Kriyash, even if a person's day and night Talmud Torah is limited to Kriyash Ma in the morning and evening, Lo Yamushim Ripicha Krinambe, that still fulfills the obligation of, uh, 